0: Folks, what is going on and welcome back in to NBA Wednesday here on Ride in the Pine for the last episode of NBA Wednesday for the basketball season since the basketball season has officially wrapped up. We'll get into all of that and we'll also get into a little bit of a preview for the NBA draft tomorrow and so on and so forth. And again, folks, just a reminder, once this concludes, this will be posted onto the RTP Instagram and then the audio will be up also for everybody to check out later. So anyways... Getting into the show, I know we've got some people joining right now. We'll dive into a little bit of a recap from the NBA Finals as well as a recap from the NBA season as a whole. Really, what I want to touch on from the NBA Finals is this. Listen, we can say whatever we want to about Andrew Wiggins and how he's been as a player from you know years past, maybe not living up to the expectations that everybody kind of set out for him when he first got to the NBA, but you know what? I give a lot of credit to the guy. He has completely reinvented his career. He has completely reinvented himself as a player. Not to mention, I can't really remember if it was games 4 and 5 or games 5 and 6. But when he went off and had a you know an incredible two-game performance, 43 points across two games, 29 rebounds across two games, and pretty much shutting down Jason Tatum completely, I mean, right there I think we're starting to see... What we've all been maybe assuming or thinking that Andrew Wiggins was capable of doing, now we have seen it. Now we know that he's capable of doing that. So I think moving forward, you know, this Warriors team is going to be even more dangerous, right? I've seen a lot of things where Andrew Wiggins and also his agent have both expressed interest in Wiggins staying with the Warriors. So I definitely could see something being worked out there. My one question is this, for the Warriors moving forward, right? You've got a lot of obviously great talent right now. You've got a lot of future talent that's going to be good with Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, so on and so forth, Jordan Poole, okay? What are you going to do moving forward? This has been something that they have done in the past where they just give out a lot of money and they pay a lot of guys a lot of money. But I think they're starting to have such a, and it might be a good problem that they have this, such a wide pool of talent that they might have to start picking and choosing who they want to keep and who they want to, You know, maybe trade, maybe let go in a free agency, so on and so forth. And so my question for the Warriors is, what is this core group or what is this group overall going to look like next year and moving forward? Are we going to see Jordan Poole in a Warriors jersey? You know, are we going to see Jonathan Kaminga in a Warriors jersey as well? That's what I'm, you know, kind of curious about is whether or not they're going to be, you know, players that stay around with the Warriors for quite some time. But then you look over for the Celtics and I think really moving forward, you can't be too mad about this because... I, and I said this on the podcast on Tuesday, go check out that episode if you haven't checked it out yet, but I said this before and I'll say it again, the Celtics had a 10 times tougher road to the finals than the Warriors did, no question. The teams that the Celtics had to go through versus who the Warriors had to go through, vastly different, okay, and going into the conference finals for both the Celtics and the Warriors, I mean, they're playing two different opponents, two vastly different opponents, right? The Warriors had a cakewalk with the Mavericks. And, okay, we can maybe argue it wasn't a cakewalk, whatever, but I'll tell you this right now, it was a lot easier for them to get to the finals for, you know, for the Warriors than it was for the Celtics having to go up against a tough, hard-nosed, aggressive, great defensive team in the Miami Heat. So, that's another thing to look at, right? I mean, this Celtics journey was not easy to get there, and I think down the stretch of the finals... It really just kind of came down to, you know, Ime Uduka having to go and use Jason Tatum, use Jalen Brown more than he probably wanted to, right? I mean, you look at the, the, the minutes that they were playing, and they were playing more minutes than guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were playing. And they're two of the most conditioned, at least Steph Curry is, one of the most conditioned athletes in all of the NBA. So overall, really a great finals. I think the Warriors, again, they're going to have some big decisions to make moving forward with which personnel and who who they want to move forward with in the future of their organization. And then for the Celtics, really, I think the main thing, and I've heard a lot of people say this, you know, take it for what it's worth, but maybe getting a more consistent ball handling guard. I guess people felt that Marcus Smart was not really that. I always felt that he was. I know that he became more of a scorer as the season went on, but I think that's what they needed. I think they needed his scoring down the stretch. Really, I think it was just a couple games that didn't go the Celtics' way. But all in all, two teams that are going to be back in the finals in years to come. No question about that. But then, just an overall recap of the NBA season. Really, a a great year. I think what really stood out to me and the main thing that really jumped out to me was the rise of the mid-market teams. And what I mean by that is this. You have last year's situation with the Milwaukee Bucks winning the NBA championship, right? Mid-market team from Milwaukee, team that doesn't have the widest fan base like the Miami Heat might or the Golden State Warriors or the Boston Celtics or whoever it might be. And they showed people like, hey, you know what? A team like that, that doesn't have, I mean, again, they've got a lot of superstar power, but they're not laden with, you know, just talent after talent after talent, say like the Lakers or the Nets have been where they've got four or five guys that have been three or more times to the all-star game, right? I mean, this, the, the Bucks just don't have guys like that. And I think that showed everybody that mid-market teams can compete also. Now you've got teams like the Grizzlies who are starting to rise up through the rankings. Teams like the Timberwolves who started to come on towards the end of the season, right? And I think that we could even start to see teams like maybe the Kings, right? Maybe a team like the Pacers. A couple of these teams, folks, that are kind of lurking in the background that we don't really think of And this will kind of segue me nicely into what I'll be talking about to wrap up the show before I exit out for the last NBA Wednesday, which I can't believe it's already here. I really can't. It's been a great, great season, but I'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, the Kings and the the Pacers, they have two very interesting situations in terms of where they're going to be in the NBA draft order and what kind of picks they can maybe maneuver around, so on and so forth. But really, I think the main takeaway for me from the NBA season was just how interesting and and exciting it was to see mid-market teams start to rise through the rankings I think this Grizzlies team is going to be around for a long time folks do not sleep on them because you know it's going to be a rude awakening when you realize how good they are okay they are a really really good team and the Timberwolves I think again they're another team where maybe a player or two falls into their lap and now all of a sudden they're competing for a Western Conference finals and maybe even a finals I mean I know that sounds kind of crazy right now but again you know People probably thought it would have been insane to see the Suns in the finals four or five years ago when they won 18 games or whatever it was, and they were in the finals last year, and they were you know kind of on their way this year. So really, again, it's not, I think, out of the realm of possibility to see more mid-market teams rise up through the rankings. So getting into the NBA draft, and why I segue into that right now, is I think one of those mid-market teams that is going to make a jump, or at least make a big move, the Sacramento Kings. Why do I say that? Well, this is why. They have the fourth pick right now. If you go through the order, I'll just go through 1 through 10 because I don't want to keep everyone here forever, okay? 1 through 10 goes like this in order. Orlando, Oklahoma City, Houston, Sacramento, Detroit, Indiana, Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, and Washington. And now that New Orleans pick was uh, traded over by the Lakers for the Anthony Davis exchange, so on and so forth. Anyways, Sacramento at the fourth overall pick, right? I really, really am, am very intrigued by that. Because a lot of draft experts, a lot of people in the mock draft world are saying, hey, Jaden Ivey from Purdue is going to go to Sacramento. That's who they're eyeing. Well, Jaden Ivey does not seem very interested in going to Sacramento. Everything that I've heard is that he doesn't want to go there. He's not very interested. He'd rather go to maybe the New York Knicks, so on and so forth, right? So that made me think, okay, well, it sounds like this Kings team has a bargaining chip, right? They just got DeMontis Sabonis and they already have De'Arian Fox. I think that there may be another piece or two away from making a major, you know, push towards being a playoff team. I think that, you know, Sabonis came on a little bit late, wasn't able to gel with Darian Fox and the rest of the guys for as long as he probably wanted to. I think that you give them a full offseason, a full summer, a full training camp to get ready and, and get prepared with one another. I think that, again, you're going to have a different Kings team in the in the you know fall, going into the wintertime, coming into the season. But I think that they'll use that pick as a bargaining chip for trading. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a trade with the New York Knicks, who own the 11th overall pick, and they also have Julius Randle. Now, do I think Julius Randle would be a player that the Kings can benefit from? I don't know. Maybe. 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 Right. Another lefty big like DeMontis Sabonis. I don't know how many more lane cloggers you want to have when you've got a guy like Fox out front, you know, driving, getting into the lane and so on and so forth. At the same time, though, Julius Randle does have a little bit of a perimeter game. So that makes you wonder, Okay, maybe he won't be as big of a lane clogger. Now, that's one team that I think can make some big moves in you know, in terms of making a trade for their draft pick. I mean, you've got the number four overall pick. You can really do a lot of bargaining with that. Another team that I found very interesting to be rumored in the trade world is the New Orleans Pelicans. What are they going to do with that trade or with that with that pick, the number eight overall pick? I've seen some things where CJ McCollum is apparently trying to get Damian Lillard to come to Portland. I mean, hey, let's look at where Portland is right now. Okay, they're in kind of a crossroads. What are they going to do? right? Where are they going to go? I mean, you look at them, they've got the seventh overall pick this year. If they're smart, you know, maybe they say, hey, you know what? Let's just start from scratch. Let's rebuild. Okay. Let's get rid of Damian Lillard. We'll get, you know, the eighth pick and you have back-to-back picks seven and eight in the top 10. That's not too bad. Okay. And I'm looking at the, the draft order right now and it doesn't appear that they have another first round pick outside of the seventh overall pick. So you think, okay, may- maybe they go ahead with that kind of trade. And I'm not going to lie, if Damian Lillard goes to New Orleans, again, another team that is, I think, on the verge of making a big push towards the playoffs as well. So if you ask me, I think that either the Kings or the Pelicans would be a team that is going to maybe trade, you know, away those picks, get rid of them, maybe try and get some superstar talent. But again, if you were to ask me, you know, who's going to go where, which player's going to go first, that this and the other... You know, it's very hard to say, okay? It's very, very hard to say for especially a team like Orlando. I feel like they've really struggled in the draft in past years. I've seen things where maybe Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga goes first. I've seen some things where maybe Jabari Smith from Auburn goes first. Maybe Paulo Bancaro from Duke goes first. Personally, for me, I think Bancaro has one of the highest ceilings next to Smith out of this draft. Uh, I think that Bancaro is going to be a tremendous pro. I think that is gonna go two, and I think that Smith, Jabari Smith will go one. Call me crazy, but if you look at how the Magic have drafted in the past, they kind of steer towards that swing forward, perimeter, six foot ten frame type of player, you know, kind of like a Jonathan Isaac and, you know, or like even a Mo Bamba, right? So I think that, you know, we could have Jabari Smith go one, Bancaro go two and Chet Holmgren Holmgren go three, and why I say Chet Holmgren goes three is because Houston just got rid of Christian Wood. Okay, so now there's a big void there, and they're clearly going to want to fill that void. So I think that Holmgren would fit actually really well in Houston. I do see him maybe going to Orlando, number one overall, but I think that it's going to be... I I really do think it's going to be Jabari Smith going number one overall because I think he's got such a complete game, and then Ben and then Holmgren will go three, And it's going to be a toss-up with who goes for, right? I think that it depends on where that pick gets traded, if it does get traded, and what the Kings decide to do. So we'll have to see. I'm really excited for the NBA draft. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. But anyways, folks, I think that's going to wrap it up for us here today on NBA Wednesday. Thanks for everyone who joined in the chat today. Again, make sure you check out the live. That'll be posted literally right after this ends. And then the audio as well will be coming up a little bit later today, so you can check that out as well. But again, folks, last NBA Wednesday of the season. Don't worry. This will be coming back next year when the NBA picks back up and then get ready for Monday because we'll have our first edition of some baseball talk MLB Monday. I'll be joined by hopefully a special guest. So make sure you hear a little bit about or at least stay clued into what's going to be going on for Monday and for MLB Monday. But once again, everyone, thanks so much for joining today on NBA Wednesday here on Ride of the Pine. And as always, keep sitting the bench with me.